America, I want your vote. And if you vote for me, I will make base cards great again. Actually, they're pretty great now. They're actually worth grading. I think these guys may disagree. We're gonna debate now. Card investors and welcome to another episode of Cards on the Table and what a busy week this is. Guys, the NBA season is now underway. The World Series is set. We got great topics to talk about today about some basketball cards and about some baseball cards that you might want to look at investing in. But we're starting today with a debate about base cards because base cards had quite a run of popularity in the sports card hobby where you know, the grading companies were getting tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of base cards submitted every single month to grade back in 2020 and 2021 when the market was at its peak. But there were many people who now look back at that and say that's the junk slab era. Maybe we're still in the junk slab era and these base cards that people have been grading for the last few years, nobody actually wants them. They have no long-term value and it is not actually worth grading base cards. But grading prices have fallen, grading turnaround times have improved, grading volume is high, is now the time to grade base cards again. Do we need to give it a second look? Teapot, love to hear your sage advice on this. Let's start with you today. Well, you know, we've had some debates over the years about base cards and grading and all of these things. I actually just talked about this topic over on the Spitballing Cards podcast about grading and base cards versus rarity and other cards. And this is the big thing. I've done data dives on this in the past. When you stack up the prices and you look at what somebody's willing to pay for a PSA 10 base card versus a, let's say a raw card, rookie or non-rookie, case hit, insert, all of these things, I don't understand why you would want the, the base card. Um, I've tried. I really just can't find or bring myself to care about those base cards, especially when I can go get the raw ones, put them into a binder. If you really want to make them look nice, put them into a one touch, get your BCW one touch, and then it's still going to be way cheaper than getting the graded version. I don't have any interest personally in like a Zion Williamson Pop 23,000 uh, PSA 10 Prism base card that goes for about 75 bucks right now when I could get his 2022 Donruss Night Moves case hit for the same exact price raw, or I could get some of the other Prism Parallels raw for the same price from his rookie season. So for me, base cards, I just don't get it. Obviously, vintage is the one big, you know, outlier in that. Well, everything's That's all about authenticity and, yeah. sure, and all, you know, sure. all those things. But ultra-modern base cards getting graded, not for me. All right. Well, T well Teapot has a very narrow, very short-sighted, very limited view on this subject, Ben. And as I'm usual. Gonna, I'm going to tell him why in just a minute. But, but, but Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you. You're filling in for Doug today. I assume you have some good things to say on this topic. Let's hear them. So I'll, I'll be honest. I'm more bullish on base cards than teapot, but when you suggested this topic, my first thought was, hold on, partner, well, what are we getting ourselves into here? But realistically, the when I think about this, I think about something that a really good card shop owner told me probably a couple years at this point, right during the height of the Zion Williamson stuff, and he said that obviously parallels and short printed variations are really good, but that's really good for a very small percentage 
of collectors. Realistically, even if Zion Williamson has 23,000 prison-based PSA 10s, the overwhelming majority of collectors, that's the card that they're going to be targeting. And so then we have to think about high pop counts. What does high pop count actually mean now? In the 90s, yeah, it's a few hundred, you know, a few thousand. Now we've seen a huge influx in collectors. Does 23,000 still seem high? Yeah, but is 15,000 a little high? Maybe. You know, Fanatic says it wants to 10x the hobby. How many more collectors are coming in? Is it realistic? You know, I think we're still learning what the threshold is for what ultra high pop count is. And realistically, you know, it, it's the same problem with Ronald Acuna Jr., with Fernando Tatis Jr., with Juan Soto, with some of their top stuff that has 17, 18, 20,000 pop on it. But if there's 20,000 people that want those cards, is it really ridiculous? It's If it's the iconic card that people are going to be searching for, for the majority of collectors, is it ridiculous? So I, you made some really good points there. And of I want I I to bring the conversation back to kids. Because when you're talking about kids, first of all, I can tell you from experience with my kids, they like graded cards. They think that, you know, the grading thing is cool. They really like to get a card that's a perfect 10 yeah. grade. That means something to them. But of course, they're on limited budgets. So base cards, graded 10, are actually a really big hit with kids. They're great cards for kids. They're great cards for collectors who are just starting out. They're also, by the way, great cards for flipping. Because looking at all of the data in market movers, what you often see is that when a player heats up, it is their base cards. Their base graded cards are the ones that start to go up the chart first. Typically, their base PSA 10 card is the one that starts trending first of the most common set. Now, you would think, well, that's a, a very common card. Why is that the one that trends first? Well, because there's so much supply out there. It's available. There's so many people wanting to make deals. There's so much movement of those cards that they go first. And then the other more rare parallels, the higher end cards, the short prints, they then follow suit and go up the chart a little bit later. So if you're looking for quick flips, base cards can often be graded. Base cards can often be really, really good for you there. And of course, for your PC, if, if these are just cards for your sure. PC, but you like graded cards for your PC, then you know base cards may be perfectly fine. So long-term investing, no. Like long-term, if you're thinking about this as like, I wanna buy a card and have it be valuable in 10 or 20 years, not a graded base card, unless you're talking vintage, right? But for short-term flipping, for kids, for collecting, I'm all about graded all right. base cards. So that is my that is my stance on it. I think it's a good thing, and I'm glad grading prices have come down to make graded base cards actually more affordable, to make the grading process more affordable for everyone. By the way, SGC doing really nice things with uh, graded cards, base cards. Great option there for base cards as well, SGC. Uh, also great is what is is what is going on right now with Pristine Auctions' newest auction. So I know you guys are probably a little down on Brock Purdy after two straight losses. I am not down on Brock Purdy. I am still high on the 49ers' chances. He'll get things figured out. Still a young quarterback. And there's a 2022 Wild Card Mania Diamond Laser Prism Auto. I didn't even know there was such a variation. But it's a nice-looking card. BGS 95 Auto 10 on Pristine Auction right now. Ben, what are you seeing that you got an eye on? So, going to keep it simple, but a guy I'm excited for this NBA season, Paolo Bancaro, Prism Silver, hard signed on card auto. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a player. It's going to be exciting to watch him. How about you, T-Pot? We got Derek Jeter. It's playoff World Series time. Derek Jeter with the shades okay. up like this. 
1994 Signature Rookies Signatures. It's a hand numbered to 8650. Somewhat of a high number, but it's an auto, auto grade PSA 10. Can't go wrong with any of these. All of these cards and thousands more are at auction right now on pristineauction.com. And when you go to pristineauction.com and register, use registration code SCI, promo code SCI when you register, and we'll give you $10 free in your account for your first purchase. Okay, teapots. Is now the time to buy baseball cards, particularly cards of baseball prospects? I know this was a question that you attempted to answer in your day to die video on the Market Movers YouTube channel this past weekend. You did a little bit of interesting diving in there. So give us a little summary of some of the things you found. Yeah, I mean, I've done videos on the past about Bowman prospecting and how it's not necessarily my favorite thing, it's not the thing I focus on. I've had a lot of good conversations with people since I did that video over the last year and a half or so. And a lot of people said, look, you, you might not like it, but this is one of the more foolproof ways to make money. Why? Because if and when these guys do get called up to the majors, you just see this huge spike in their prices. So you talked about flipping. Obviously, there's a big difference between that short-term speculation and long-term investing in cards, uh, specific players. This is definitely the best time to buy, uh, generally speaking. Certainly, there's going to be exceptions to that. But go out, look at the Bowman first, use price alerts and market movers to look for things that are dropping down below a threshold. And November is, is buying season for prospects for sure. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. So now that now that Teapot has bestowed his wisdom, wisdom upon you, Ben, does this have you excited? Are you out looking for prospects? Are yeah. there certain prospects that you're going to try to buy this offseason? Yeah, absolutely. So there are obviously a, a few guys Teapot hit on, you know, in the video, guys like Jackson Holiday, Jackson Cheerio. But one thing that I think is really interesting that a lot of people, if they're, if they're thinking about getting into prospecting, can take a look at. You mentioned the MLB pipeline. That's something that I look at a lot. It's just the MLB.com's top 100 prospects. There is a hilarious amount of information on a website like that. Obviously, if you're really getting into this, places like Baseball Prospectus or Baseball America, Fangraphs, things like that. But if you hop over to that website, one thing that I like to do, they have a nice little thing there where it says ETA. When are these guys getting called up? For this year, we can see guys like Evan Carter that have already been called up, ETA 2023. Yeah, his cards are way up. Yep. For next year, I probably don't want to look at him. But we can see ETA 2024 for guys like Jackson Holiday, Jackson Churio. You can look at, obviously, positions, someone like Paul Skeens. Probably, you know, as a pitcher, don't want to look into him. But you can click on these little scouting reports and even go deeper for something like that and look at hit tool, power tool things like that. Um, and for something that's free, it's really, I, I think prospecting on the surface seems really, really intimidating, but there are free tools like this where you can get a really good idea really easily, yeah. really quickly. Yeah. And realistically, it's just targeting the sell marker of when they're called up. And the hype around those is clear because a lot of yeah. people use those tools. Mm -hmm. Your, your answer sounded so intelligent until you until you said that Paul Skeens, you want to stay away from him because he's a pitcher. Uh, the market Paul has Skeens, spoken, my friend. Paul Skeens is your best investment prospect right now. Oh, don't about a big best part of invest. Oh. It has nothing to do with Paul Skeens. It has to do with Olivia Dunn. Have we not learned anything from the Taylor Swift, uh, Travis Kelsey affair over the last few weeks where where Travis Kelsey's cards have doubled in the wake of Taylor Swift coming along. Have you seen Olivia Dunn? I feel like this is gonna help Paul Skeen's career for some time to come in his sports card popularity and breaking news, they bought a dog together 
yesterday together. Dustin Verlander, married Kate Upton. All schemes, get ready, get ready for get ready for Olivia Dunn mania coming to Major League Baseball in the next couple of years when Paul Skeens gets called up. Get me out of here. That's It's going to happen. I'm telling you. All right, guys, we got more great topics to discuss, such as NBA cards to look at now. But first, a quick break. Guys, go check out that brand new sales history feature in Market Movers. Download the Market Movers app on your phone and you can try it out. Just go to the app store on your phone and search for Market Movers. Grab that app. You will be happy you did. You will also be happy if you are collecting NBA cards this season, perhaps of some of your favorite young players. The NBA season just tipped off the other night. We're already into that excitement. I think it's going to be a fun season. It seems wide open. There's a lot of different teams uh, from both conferences that have a shot, perhaps, at making it to the NBA Finals. So it's going to be exciting to watch. Teapot, in terms of the young players in the NBA, who do you have your eye on right now from a collecting standpoint and why? Yeah, so I've got, I've got a big, uh, or I've got a great video coming out this Saturday, kind of some hot takes for the upcoming season now that we have officially tipped off, which is really exciting. Uh, obviously, anybody on the Pistons I'm going to be going after. They've got all the young talent. I still think this year is going to be a very rough season for the Pistons. They're going to be a lottery pick team again. Maybe 2026, we'll start to see them turn some things on, depending on what happens. But I'm honestly staying away from a lot of their cards because I've kind of gotten snake bitten a little bit. I had all the Seku cards. I had some other stuff. I bought some Cades. He's injured. I'm tired of that. So other guys who I really like, SGA. I've liked SJ since day one. You, you have that. you that was I have you, really you, liked you SJ. Were, you had the right yeah. call on SJ. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah. Luca. I'm I'm a huge Luca guy. Just love watching him play. Uh I'm excited to see what he can do. Jalen Brunson, who the Mavericks probably should have kept in hindsight, uh, instead of blowing things up the way they did. Man, if the Mavericks still had Porzingis and Brunson right now, they might actually be competing. Uh and then I've I've talked about these guys in the past, uh Mikhail Bridges and Desmond Bain, who is not Dylan Brooks, who is Desmond Bain, a different D B. Uh, but I like both those guys a lot, too. I just like their games, so those are the guys I like to collect. Okay. Oh, those are good players to have your eye on. I approve of most of those. Ben, how about you? Obviously, I have to go. Everybody knows at this point I'm a broken record, but um, big trade collector. Uh, obviously, I do this. You know, I have a little parachute there. If somehow he ends up not winning the MVP this year and stinks or something, he's still the hometown guy, so it's all good. Um, but outside of that, I have to double down on SGA. Absolutely incredible. Really excited about the Thunder team. And I'm surprised. Uh, Doug, I, I guess I'll fill in for Doug and just drive the, uh, the Anthony Edwards bus because he absolutely loves that guy. I think he was great in the Olympics. I think, you know, I, I can't remember where I saw it, but people are speculating maybe he's the next, he's the Dwayne Wade of this generation. Some similarities there. Yeah, there but, are. But, you know, if, if the Timberwolves can figure it out, Anthony Edwards could just be a megastar. Yeah, I I bought a big Anthony Edwards card this offseason because I, I believe in him. He was yeah. exceptional in the FIBA uh, basketball tournament. I'm excited about him. I'm excited about Webinyama. I mean, how can yeah. you talk about young stars yeah. in the league without talking about Wemby? He, he's exciting. I cannot wait to see what he's able to do this season. Obviously, he doesn't have a ton of cards out yet, but I'm going to be a collector of Webinyama cards. I do collect Trey Young cards as well, being our guy here in Atlanta. 
Unfortunately, I also had a nice collection of John Collins cards. John Collins cards. Oopsie. And he's no longer Kevin Herter. I had a good Kevin Herter collection yeah. going at one point. So hopefully Trey Young doesn't go the way of those guys and suddenly end up on the Lakers. In which case, uh, both of us are going to be holding a tray. Although, at, honestly, at that point, if that were to happen, his cards would probably go up in value. So, actually, yeah. maybe you and I would be celebrating <laughs> at the bar yeah, that maybe. night that he, yeah. who knows, you know, we'd at least be able to pay for the drinks at the bar that night with yeah. our Trey Young collection. So, anyway, it's going to be a fun NBA season. I'm looking forward to it. I am also looking forward to some of the releases that are forthcoming the rest of this year. You've got high end products like Topps Dynasty and Tops Inception, which are going to be coming out as the year goes on. Those are exciting products. And, and that kind of begs the question. This was suggested by one of our viewers. Outside of National Treasures and Flawless, which a lot of people identify as kind of the cream of the crop, high-end cards across the entire hobby. Outside of National Treasures and Flawless, what are the best high-end sets out there? What are your favorite high-end cards? What do you think looks the best? Or maybe what's a little bit under the radar, underappreciated, but on the high-end side. I'm gonna yeah. start with you, Ben. So when this got suggested to us, they put in parentheses behind it, Noir, and that's the right answer if you guys you know, just wanna poach that. I think it's one of the best designed sets out there every single year. It's not gonna grade super well, you know, inherently because of the design, but overall, beautiful cards, every single set. Um, other stuff that I really love, I think one in one, uh, Pinini one in one is one of the best design sets every year. And then flipping over to baseball, I love Dynasty, love the patches in Dynasty. Um, something that Noir does as well with Transcendent, they've got the little gold and silver borders that go around the card. I think those are fantastic, great looking cards. Yeah, I, th I think those are all good answers. I like I like Noir as well. If you mentioned one one uh, one in one, you mentioned Transcendent. It's a good it's a good answer. So how about you, Teapot? I actually like Topps Dynasty the most of any high-end product. I wow. like Topps Dynasty. I think you would put it, that number one. Wow, that's my favorite product. All right, I'm getting choked better up than, here. Better than choked better up. Than, uh, hearing, better than hearing flawless. Hearing that you're putting Dynasty above flawless. I, are I we like doing Dynasty. This? Are we I doing love, this? I love Dynasty. I can't wait for basketball Dynasty for football Dynasty. It is a it is such a nice looking product. Yeah. Um, year after year, they they vary up the designs really significantly, whereas like flawless just looks exactly the same every year, which isn't really a bad thing. But I like the variety. Um, other products I like, Panini Immaculate is a very nice product. Sure. Uh, I really like Noir. I think if you were going to do Noir personally, I would be buying secondary uh, cards on the secondary market, singles, not ripping it. It is a bad value proposition to rip Noir usually. Um, honorable mentions, you got to mention Topps Luminaries, which we ripped Tuesday night on the Whatnot live stream. Got a huge card. And we got that awesome. One of uh, one Bryce Unfortunately, Harper. it was a Bryce Harper, which we're all a little bitter about right now. Uh, Bryce Harper, that was awesome. And make sure to go follow our Cards HQ account on Whatnot. Uh, and Cards HQ Shop on Whatnot. Cards HQ Shop. Thank you for uh, the shout-out. Panini Impeccable is also good. And then I'll go. I'll throw Topps Definitive and Diamond Icons into the mix. Okay. You guys missed. You guys You got a lot of good good things there. I, I mean, Transcendent from the top side, absolutely incredible. Yep. You missed You missed one, Topps Tribute, which I actually ripped this year for the first time. Beautiful cards and tops it is, tribute. It is and nice cards. I think it's actually a nice value. It's about five hundred dollars for a box. You get six packs, three cards per pack, and you get either an autograph or a relic card in every single pack. Really nice stuff. You got game use stuff on card autos for a really high end product, for, but for only for five hundred bucks to get that kind of value. I thought it was actually a really nice value product. 
Um, I don't know if you consider it high end, but you didn't mention Obsidian. It's kind of maybe more mid tier. That's mid tier. Yeah, I I consider that also like I a really bad, like Obsidian. Yeah. bad value proposition. It's like seven cards per box and yeah. you know, whatever it is, but. I like it's, Obsidian. It's tough. I'm going to give Obsidian a shout out. That's a, good, anyway, that's a good one too. Lots of good sets there. Hey guys, thanks for the questions. If you have a question for us that you'd like us to answer next episode, leave that in the YouTube comments. And if you enjoyed today's video, please give it a like. Please make sure you're subscribed to our channel and go download the Market Movers app to your phone right now. Give it a try. You will not be disappointed. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Take care.